Ever feel like your head is a magnet for your veil? Join Aziza and me, Tiffany, as we chat veil today. Some best practices, picking the right veil, and of course, ways that you can keep your veil from thinking your face is magnetic. In the 2021 bundle, Aziza will be putting in one of her new project formats with live and pre-recorded elements centered around, you guessed it, veil. I'm super excited to be adding this class to the bundle as last year you all requested more props and we've definitely got them for you this year. Until you can dive into the bundle though, let's get some tips for today's veil challenge in the 21 days of belly dance and beyond. Hello, dancers, and welcome to Yalla Rocks, the belly dance podcast that helps you design your personal practice. Today, we have the wonderful Aziza. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much, Tiffany. I'm excited. So this year in the 2021 bundle, you are putting in one of your new project series, and we're doing Veil, which I'm sure everybody is very excited about. Yes, I'm actually really excited because it's something new for me. I'm, I'm going big on this year's bundle. <laughs> trying out, trying out a new format, getting people into, cause you do, you do weekly classes and you do veil every week, right? Yes. Every Wednesday. Yes. And so this is more of a, instead of a technique only like show up and do class, it's more of a choreography. There are different pieces kind of going on in this. Yes. Well, what there's a couple of different reasons I want to do this. Um, first of all, is I do have a lot of students that are not able to um, join live because mm -hmm. of the time difference. So I do have some, you know, some students that I get that message all the time. Ah, oh, I wish it was a different time. And the other thing is I, in the last couple months in my online classes, the live classes during the summer when when uh, people were really busy, um, I decided to put together these projects where we did ongoing instead of only drop in, we did an ongoing project like I still tried to make it drop in friendly. Um, but we were working on these ongoing projects and I loved doing it so I what I wanted to do is put something together that combines choreography and technique and it goes deeper. It's not like a one time, here we go, it's a workshop, you get the video, you may, you may not. I wanted something that was a little more um, like a project that we work on and it combines technique and it combines choreography, but it isn't just a one and done, you know? Yeah, I wanted it to be an ongoing thing where we have a beginning and a conclusion and we are all in it together. So we combine both um, pre-recorded video and a live workshop and we work on a project of a choreography, but also go really deep into the technique, too. Yeah. And I think having this one in the bundle be veil is just like perfect. Cause that is something like you've done veil for our Instagram challenge in the past. Your challenge today is also veil. And it's one of our most popular challenges every year. People absolutely love learning veil from you. I mean, they've dubbed you queen of the veil, <laughs> right? So my question is then like, what, where did that come from? When did you kind of start realizing that you were really into this particular prop and, and going hard? on the learning and the technique and, and getting it to this point where it's something you're really, really known for? Well, I think that where I come from, where I started my whole dance journey in this 
art form from the Pacific Northwest, um, West Coast of the US. That is kind of, that was a big thing when I was first coming up. That was, you learn Vail, you learn Zills. Mm -hmm. like, you know, those were the two things that were really um, part of the very beginning of my, of my dance. So I started with Vail early. I loved all of the infinite possibilities. It's like an extension of your body. It's like yeah. your body keeps going. So you're able to create shapes and fill a space and be bigger. And um, yeah, I just, I think of it as an extension of my body. So, and, uh, and you can do, you can manipulate it in so many ways. And there's so many frames and drapes and like, I'm into the costuming too. Like it's part of the costuming, creating like a whole frame and a drape and a tuck and tricks and yeah, I really enjoy um, the infinite possibilities of what you can do with a with a silky piece of fabric. <laughs> you know, another thing too, since you bring this up, um, because I was fortunate enough to go on the international scene. And there really internationally, there wasn't so much of that style of veil that is yeah. typical of that West Coast. So it was something that um, I feel like I brought a little bit of from my roots, from my mm -hmm. dance, you know, in in other places where they don't necessarily have that style mm -hmm. of dance. So it became something that was requ requested a lot. So I started teaching. Um, a lot of veil workshops, it would be requested um, many of the places that I went to. So that is another thing I just became known for it because it was requested so much. And yeah, <laughs> it's almost like like the self feeding cycle, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. you did it because you grew up in that space. But then as yeah. you travel, you you do it and it's different. So they mm -hmm. ask. So you yeah. spend more time on it. So you get better at it. So they request it more. <laughs> and then you have to, you know, you're, you're I'm lucky enough to be invited back to a lot of places. And, you know, you, you really you want to come up with new stuff, right? Mm -hmm. When you come around, when you come back. And oh, let me tell you, like, that is one of the things with the with the lockdown and staying in place after not traveling for so long, and doing ongoing, regular weekly classes with repeat students. That's something that I didn't do while I was touring. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I've actually this old dog has learned some new tricks because I've really had to up my game. <laughs> like I have to come up with content every single week, which I know a lot of dancers that have studios and, you know, ongoing classes do that all the time. But really for 17 years, I was touring and I wasn't doing regular classes. So it was I was more of a with... workshop model. Versus exactly. Like and it was different people every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I have really I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed having this time here. I've enjoyed um, really pushing myself to come up with new stuff. So I've kind of it's been a, a little bit of a blessing in all this not being able to travel and all this chaos is that I've really reconnected with um, discovery and, you know, finding new things in new ways. Do you think that like playing has come back into it? Yeah. Like just having fun and playing with a veil as opposed to like trying to create a thing. Yes. Yes. 
that's part of it. I also, <laughs> I just, I want to impress my students that come every week. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, yeah. And I've also discovered a lot of, um, a lot of other, you know, the veil has really caught on in other countries too. There are a lot of really interesting, some Brazilian dancers that I've been watching coming up with really cool stuff. And also in Argentina, like David Abraham, I love how he dances with a veil. Mm -hmm. do, you, with him. do you see like back when you started, you said like it was a very West Coast thing, like the way that they kind of use veil in their dancing. Do you see regional differences in the way that people dance with veils like across the world? Hmm. Yes. Yes, I think I could say that like you have um, really influential teachers that have certain styles and then that mm -hmm. kind of style becomes popular. Um, like in Argentina, they have a different relationship to the veil. Mm -hmm. And also like Mercedes Nieto has a completely different take on what to do with veil. So you do find that the students that they influence will, you know, have a different way of moving and a different relationship to the to the veil yeah and with you and your style because you are one of those teachers that travels and influences people right like like you said you've been teaching veil as you travel yes what are the cornerstones of your style with the veil oh i stick i i think that i do stick with what i first learned and then have built on that so mm -hmm. uh that Pacific Northwest style. Yeah. It's so, just, it's very big. Yeah. That's um, what I was going to ask. Cause like what, what defines that style for those of us who may not be familiar with what, well, what like. I see that is a little different is that, um, there's a lot, there's a lot of dancers that do a lot of close things, a lot of dramatic things with the veil, mm -hmm. you know, like the veil becomes almost more like another, an, huh, this is going to sound a little crazy and woo woo, but this is what I see. <laughs> like it becomes another character or another performer. And mm. for me, I think of the veil as more of an extension of what I have going on, like an extension of my arms and my body. So it's more of an extension of me rather than something that is a little a, a separate character in your dance. Or... I can see that. Like, I, I think I know what you're referring to because I've seen people almost interact with their veil when they're yes. dancing as opposed to using the veil as a movement extender to make things big and dramatic and, and emotional. I, I mean, I see the emotion in the interaction with the veil as well, but like emotional is like extending your emotion instead of putting it into a thing. Does that make sense? Yes, that is exactly <laughs> what I mean. Yes. Awesome. Yes. So for so many of our listeners, I know that veils are something that they maybe they did coming up, right? Maybe they have a teacher who does that. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they added veils in later. And it is this unruly piece of fabric that will not do what they want and need it to do. Yes. Advice? Yes. Help, I do. thoughts? <laughs> we need We need you. I, yes, I've heard this a lot. I've heard this a lot of people who will, <laughs> who will just, they're kind of haters on the veil only because they are, they struggle with it. Right. And it's yeah. just like, it's just like it, trying to introduce 
finger symbols after you've already been dancing for years and years. Mm -hmm. Like it is, it's not easy and it does take focus and concentration. It's something different that you have to manage and manipulate while still dancing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I really feel that it starts with like, just like with any prop, it has to start with really being self-aware of your body Mm -hmm. and where your body is because the veil follows your hands, right? Like the basic move that we are all taught, like the, we're taught like a couple moves of bringing the veil around your body or bringing it over your neck and your arms come underneath and it creates what I call angel wings, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So the veil follows your hands. So if your hands are not avoiding your head, then the veil is not going to avoid your head. Yep. I mean, it's, it's pretty basic, but it's really self-awareness. Also, um, thinking with, in terms of there being like an invisible shield around your body that mm. has to be avoided so that your hands, the range of motion goes beyond all the costume and things that it could catch on. Yeah. Right? So that's another one. And I also feel that being super aware of your posture and your own quality of movement, a lot of people start thinking, oh, I'm doing veil. And then it becomes a prop and you start moving like you're getting out of the way of the veil mm -hmm. rather than taking space. And you are the master of your veil and you are <laughs> making it go where you want it to go. So yeah, there's a lot of concepts that, um, like for instance, my drop-in veil class on Wednesdays, a full half of it is working on turn technique, posture technique, feet, like all of those things are aspects in veil. Fast turns are big aspects of veil. And if you yeah. don't really work on your posture and your alignment and where your shoulders are, then uh, that translate into not really beautiful veil technique. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's, it's not even just practicing with the veil. It is addressing the underlying technique so that when you add the veil, yes, you get that the float and the look and the not getting caught on your head because your exactly. arms are extended farther away from your body. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's so hard to, I think for people, because you don't realize that those things, that they're, that those are issues in your dance, that those are things that you want to work on more until you add a prop on top of it. And, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes we use props to kind of hide behind. And I feel like veil is not, it's not the prop for that. Like if you cannot hide with a veil. <laughs> Oh, that's a big part of my teaching is that you have to be present. You, and that means engaging and making sure that this is present. Otherwise, if you have your veil and you bring it up and you just lose you, like you have to engage to ha create space around your face so that it isn't just about the veil like lifting your arms up with a big piece of material. If your shoulders come up, you get lost. So it's really important to pull down and be aware of, especially your upper body. Yeah. So this sounds like something that people could do regardless, like, you know, 
people tend to show up to their practice space and they are working on a thing, right? Like that's kind of have something in mind for that day, but this almost sounds like something you can work into anything that you're doing because you can start to work on these pot, the posture and the space and making sure your ears and your shoulders aren't friends, right? Like oh, man, working it, on that outside of veil practice, quote unquote. It is, it incorporates your whole body and the dance incorporates your whole body. Mm-hmm. Like if I am not aware of being engaged in my core in my turns, or if I'm swooping the veil down, if I'm not aware of dropping my shoulder, it's going to make a really big difference. You're dancing with your whole body all the time. So whether it's with a prop or not, it's like every moment matters. Every moment matters. And so now everybody's stressed out. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Right? So every moment matters. But when we show up to practice, how can we start to work on our veil technique? What is something that we can start to work into our bodies so that it becomes a habit? Because all of this becomes a habit. The reason your ears and your shoulders are up together is because it's a habit, right? right? From doing something else. And we're relearning the way to, to kind of exist within this space so that our dance technique can grow. So what is something that people can start to work on at home to, to really like change, change this part of like what their body just does without their consent. Right. Right. And specifically for veil, I think the first and most important is really thinking about the concept that the veil follows your hands. Mm-hmm. So like I was saying before, being really aware that your hands are moving outside of the range of motion of your shoulders and your head. Mm-hmm. So anytime you are moving the veil around, just creating that space between your body and your hands, not only does it keep it from catching on a body part, but it also catches more air in the veil and it makes it full and more beautiful and that's really what you want you want to show off as much of the veil as possible so the the concepts of catching air in the veil and creating space around your body that those are things that i think are um, hallmarks of my style and and what i think make really big and beautiful veil movement that's something i was going to ask you about was like getting the air into the veil and like making it bigger and flowy. And I wonder, like, usually I'm a big fan of like, you don't necessarily need really high quality tools to learn a thing, right? Like you can learn to spin a cane with a stick from the yard, right? Like you don't, you don't need to have something really nice, but I almost feel like with veil, like having a silk veil that really does float and catch like You'll, you'll sit here and be like, oh, my technique is just like not that great, but then you'll get a different veil and suddenly everything is different. So do you find that there's a certain kind of veil that you, like if you could recommend everybody practice with this to, to really work on this technique, like what would you have them use? Well, for the type of veil that I do, um, I really like silk and rectangular. Okay. Yes. And I like the lighter, less expensive silk. (laughs) Okay. I do. It's just the way it flows. I mean, I think the heavier, 
the heavier silk is beautiful also, but the kind of tricks that I'm doing, I like the, the lighter gauge of silk. Um, I also am very particular about how long my veil is. Okay. I don't like to have my veil to be too long because I find it's way more labor intensive for the tricks. Mm -hmm. So when, if I hold my arm out at shoulder height directly to the side and I have the veil draped over half and half, I don't want it to be pooling on the floor. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I like it to go a, a right about where my ankle is. Yeah, that's and about, just... exact. For me, it's a, it's three yards for me. Mm -hmm. um, I love looking at somebody who does beautiful four yard veil work, but for the tricks that I do that it, it, it's a little too, I look too labored. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to look easy. <laughs> yeah, you want to have the flow, the mm -hmm. joy. And like, I feel like that's one of those things you start with something smaller and you learn the tricks and then you figure out how do I then translate this into a bigger veil or yes. you know the semicircle veils or double veil, like start here, go there. Yes, but smaller is not easier either. If it's too small, then it's that's also there's a like there's a sweet spot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> and I actually if I I have been really grooving on silks by Celestina. Yes, I really like her veils. Yeah, we gave away yeah. some of hers last year for the challenge and people were very excited. Yeah, I think she does really beautiful work. And um, yeah, I like her veils a lot. Awesome. I'll put a link to that in the show notes, everybody. So if you want to check it out, you can do so there. So for anyone who is listening to this, you're like, okay, I want to, I want to go practice some veil. I'm going to do some work. We have a challenge for the 21 days of belly dance that went live today. And if you're listening far in the future, I've also embedded it on the podcast page. So you can do this whenever, try it out, make sure you tag Aziza because she definitely wants to see. I want to see. Aziza, tell us, tell us a little bit about, about this challenge. What are you having people do? this time oh well yes i'm doing a, a really a tricky trick a little a tricky, tricky trick, trick. <laughs> yeah yeah a little release move a little unexpected release move and um yes i really enjoyed putting together my challenge and i can't wait to see if people are going to put it out there and tag me and uh I hope that I'm excited about what I'm doing for the challenge this year too, because this is going to be, like I said, something new. And I really like going deeper into explanation and technique. And so all of it. It's all, all it's all there. That's what I love about your, like when I see you work with Veil, vale, you do things I don't expect. Mm. And, you know, like we kind of learn this, like one this repertoire of Veil vale tricks. And mm -hmm. like, you know, we all know, like you mentioned earlier, the angel wings, we all know, like around the world, around we know the world. these, like, you know, these four moves, four or five moves, we all know these ones. And you somehow you take those and you combine them and you add things and you, you put in these little tricks that make it so much more interesting to watch. Like, it's not, it's not just like your run of the run of the mill veil work. Like it is, it's got all of these pieces and like things happening in it. And I absolutely just adore Thank watching you. that. Thank you. I like having something that's going to be a little unexpected. Uh, one thing though, that I, that I also am 
adamant about when I do choreographies for Veil is that mm -hmm. it isn't just trick, 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 trick. Yes. Trick. Like it is really important to me that, you know, your body is an extension of the music and the veil is an extension of your body. So it needs to make sense with the music for sure. But it's just, it's just another layer. It's like, it's, a, in, it's another way to um, express the music, to become the music in a bigger way, silky way, <laughs> in a silky way. And that's what I mean. Like when I say we kind of hide behind our props, right? Mm. It's, it's not only hiding literally behind them. So like, but not dancing. You know, how many times have you seen a sword or a cane or a veil performance where there isn't that much actual dancing? It is more just showing wings. off the prop and the tricks, right? Like Do that in wings. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, I, w I want what you do where it's part of the music. It's part of the dance. It, it is a thing. It has the tricks. It has the, oh, wow moments, but it's also the dance right? as well. Like being able to marry all of that together. I think that's like the, that's what we're after yes. when we add prop work in. It's, it's not to disguise our dancing or to hide behind so you don't have to dance. It's to Enhance make the dance it. better. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So Aziza, for everyone who's listening, how do they find you on the internet? If they're listening in the future, how do they check out your amazing veil classes? Tell us how, how do people interact with you and learn more about veil and all of the other amazing things you do online? Okay. So I do have regular online group live classes ongoing. As long as I'm not traveling, I am loving my online group community and uh, group classes. So I do that those three times a week. And then I do some pop-up workshops once a month. And you can get to that at aziza.tv. Follow me on Instagram at Aziza Shimmy. Um, and then on Facebook, it, the best is to check out the Aziza online class Facebook page. So all of the info is posted there. And yeah. Awesome. I will link all of that up in the show notes. Plus, a link to the Silks by Celestina that we mentioned. So everybody can check that out. And Aziza, my last question for you today before we go. Yes. Over the past 18 months oh. of the pandemic. Yes. What has been your most positive dance experience? We're trying to bring oh. some positivity to all of the garbage. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel super blessed, actually, the online thing, like I had been doing online classes, but I was before the, the pandemic, before everything. Um, but really being in lockdown, it's like connecting with the, the community that I have on my online classes has definitely been a highlight for sure. Um, dancing regularly, teaching regular classes, making connections with my with my students online. That has been, uh, I'm going to get emotional about it because it has been uh, really wonderful in all of this chaos. So I'm excited to be able to start doing in person like everybody. I'm excited to be able to start doing in person. But going forward, I don't think it's going to be the same because I want to stay. I want to keep those connections with the, my online community. Yep. And uh, so I expect to continue doing that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for being there for that community throughout all of this, because as much as you have been touched by it, I'm sure that they are also using it as a lifeline, right? 
within this time. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you for joining us today. And everyone, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. There are some struggles that are universal along the path of learning belly dance and feeling a little lost with a veil, getting all wrapped up in it. I feel like that's just a fundamental part of the experience. I'm so glad that we could have this episode to be giving us some pointers on ways that we can work with our veil instead of fighting against it. You can find all the links on the show notes page at thebellydancebundle.com 67, including the links to all of Aziza's socials and website, along with a link to Silks by Celestina, which we mentioned today. Those veils really are amazing. I can't wait to dance with you in the 2021 bundle. That Zoom room is going to be so colorful with all the flying veils. But until then, I'll see you on Instagram for the 21 Days of Belly Dance Challenge. 